Warm greetings, Acro community. This is Dr. Stephanie Kruzmark, co-host of the Admit It podcast. In the midst of what some are calling the bookend of the COVID-19 global pandemic, many colleges and universities still face uncertainty where this fall's enrollment numbers will land. Just weeks away from the start of the fall term, I offer a conversation with Jackson Boyer, co-founder and CEO of Mentor Collective, and Stephen Ostendorf, Dean of Admissions for Malloy University, about how peer mentorship may help shore up student enrollment for this fall and future terms of enrollment with or without a global pandemic. So I invite you to listen in, and I hope you enjoy. So I am so delighted to be in conversation with uh, Jackson Boyer, uh, CEO and, or, and uh, co-founder of uh, Mentor Collective, but we'll ask Jackson to officially um, introduce himself in a moment, but also uh, Steve Austin Dorff, the Dean of Admissions at Malloy University, just um, that new um, uh, categorization. We'll find out a little bit more about the institution. But with that said, um, I'll just open it up, Jackson or Steve. Who would like to start by introducing themselves and telling our listeners a little bit more about you, your work, and your organization? Want to go first, Steve? Sure. Uh, so, again, thank you. Um, thank you, Stephanie. Uh, my name is Steve Ostendorf, the Dean of Admissions at Malloy, uh, Malloy University. We just made that change in the last month and a half. Uh, Malloy has been working towards university status for more than a decade. You know, we've had the graduate programs, we've had the doctoral programs, um, and, and you know, the, the change just really does solidify uh, the, the work that the institution has done over the years to better serve our students. Um, and so we're very excited as an institution. Uh, we are a small uh, or mid-sized uh, private school on Long Island in New York. Uh, we are Catholic-based, and uh, we've been around since 1955. We have programs in nursing, which are our, which is our flagship program, as well as education, business, um, and a number of amazing liberal arts and sciences programs, including a nationally renowned theater program called CAP 21. Uh, so Malloy, Malloy has, uh, we're small, we're local, we've got residence halls, but we're mostly a commuter school, uh, but we do have uh, footprints throughout the country and, and around the world, so... Um, and myself, you know, I come from a higher education background. I've been in the field for a little more than 20 years. I uh, have spent time in admissions and enrollment, marketing, student life, student affairs, resident, residence life. I've even taught some classes as an adjunct. Um, and I just, I really do love being um, in an educational setting. Clearly, Steve, I'm looking forward to asking a little bit more about your background and certainly that shift from Malloy College to Malloy University. Jackson, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners and telling us a little bit about yourself and your work? Certainly. So I am by no means as accomplished in the field of higher education than my two co-presenters today, um, but I am the co-founder and CEO of a company called Mentor Collective that works with about 180 different partners across higher education. And uh, my journey, folks can't see me, but I'm, I'm on the younger end. Uh, and my journey to this work uh, is through my lived experience as a student. Um, I founded Mentor Collective um, about two years after graduating college as a pro bono side project. Uh, and at the time, 
we were very interested in the experience of international students and first-generation college students as they matriculated into higher education in America. And we recognized the challenges that were faced in acclimating to higher education culture and finding one's way through that complexity. And over the years, we developed different mentoring models that would support students from the time they apply to the time they graduate from college. And in the early days, you know, this was a passion project, but it quickly became a means of making a living and now a company that's privileged to employ almost 100 people. Uh, and that work has really become defining in my early career. I'm about eight years into working at Mentor Collective uh, and have had the pleasure of working with incredible partners like you, Stephanie, and Steve. Uh, what Mentor Collective does is it takes this high-impact intervention of mentoring and it brings it to scale in a more efficacious way for our partners. Uh, we're really committed to not just delivering on mentorship, but researching and furthering the practice of mentorship across higher education. So really excited for the conversation today. Wonderful. Yeah, Jackson, you're right. Um, in my current position at Ilip School of Theology, we're utilizing Mentor Collective to match our accepted and deposited students with current students to help them along the way and hopefully um, gain their commitment to actually enroll this fall. And uh, in a previous role uh, at Prescott College, we also worked with Mentor Collective uh, to welcome our first year undergraduate students and encourage uh, their commitment to enroll and have had great success. But with that said, I'm sure a main question that our listeners maybe have on their mind is just what what is peer mentorship? What does that look like in a higher ed setting? How are we defining it? I'd love to hear from you both as well, but I'll, I'll take a stab from my perspective. Um, I, I think of peer mentorship first and foremost through the lens of social capital theory, which is the idea that who you know really matters um, to your social mobility, your success in post-secondary education. Some might argue that it matters even more than what you know, the who really matters. And I think in the context of higher education, we have to be honest that it's not easy to navigate higher ed. Um, I am coming to this conversation as um, you know, a middle-class straight white male who personally struggled in higher education. Um, and there are many more folks who face greater barriers in their you know, navigation through that world. Um, so FAFSA forms, registering for class, making friends, ultimately building a sense of belonging can be a real challenge for a lot of students. And so uh, what mentoring does is it brings authenticity to that experience through the connection of somebody who has shared an experience of navigating higher education. So we think about peer, I, I would amend it as near peer, somebody who maybe isn't the same age as you or have exactly the same experience, but someone who's a little bit further along and can provide their learning and give back to you as you're navigating. Um, so, you know, peer mentoring when done right can be transformative. I think students want to hear from somebody who's gone through the experience before. They especially want to hear from students who look like them, were part of the same major, had the same passions or interests. Um, and in describing peer mentorship, I also wouldn't diminish the experience of the mentor who uh, gains a ton from engaging with their mentee. Studies show that mentors increase their self-efficacy, their confidence when they're able to give back uh, and realize how much they've learned and impart that knowledge onto the next generation. So um, 
I really think of peer mentoring as recipro reciprocity. It's the mentee gaining from the experience of a generation past and the generation past gaining from their experience of giving back. Jackson, there's, there's so much relevance um, in peer mentorship, especially in these days and in times of you know, going through the global pandemic, um, making it even more important, which brings me to Steve, you know, and thinking about how, how do you define peer uh, mentorship? What drew um, you to reach out to Mentor Collective to partner and, and support your students? Sure. So, you know, in, in my mind, the idea of peer mentorship is, is pulling the ego out of admissions. Like in admissions offices, we have, we tend to have this, this thought process that we know what students want and what they need in order to get them to come. Um, and the truth is, I mentioned earlier that I have been in this field for more than 20 years, which means for the vast majority of students at Malloy, I am not their peer. Uh, I am considerably older than them. When I went, when I was looking at schools and when I was navigating this, social media didn't exist, right? I wasn't, I wasn't bombarded with so much information from so many different sources. We had guidance counselors, not school counselors at the time. We had guidance counselors. That's how, that's how long ago it was. Um, and we had the mailings that came in the mail because we felt we checked the box on the standardized tests that we took, Right. The students today are bombarded with so much information that I just can't relate to the same way that someone who just went through this process a year or two ago can. And so it was really important for, for Malloy to try and match up our current students who are experiencing our campus, who can speak about their experience on our campus with students who are going through this process. Um, and we are doing it from a yield perspective, similar to you, Stephanie. Um, you know, we are, we're matching our accepted students with current students. There are tour guides, there are ambassadors, there are students who we know, who we've met, who we interview, who we pay. Uh, and, you know, they, you know, when they're, they're the ones who are, are really helping out in that. And it's, it's been a great tool. It's still in its infancy. We've been only live since April. Uh, but, we have seen such amazing feedback from parents, from students, and from the mentors themselves. You know, Steve, I was, um, for our listeners, I was nodding my head in terms of just kind of um, that context of, of us and as admissions officers or enrollment officers, how far removed we might be from the actual admissions and enrollment experience these days. And it's you know, so hard for us to admit that. There's so many <laughs> admissions officers who don't want to admit they're removed from it because they do it every day. But I sit in an office and I'm in meetings all day long. That's not a student experience. So we have to we have to own what we don't know or what or what are the differences in our experiences. Absolutely, I couldn't have said it better. You know, um, an aspect that both of you picked up on is about supporting students' journey and supporting their ultimate success. So I'm curious how. How do you see peer mentorship um, you know, starting off students so that they can be set up for success in their respective college or university environment? Um, you know, I will, I'll start, I'll start. Students being able to talk to other students is a way for them to build agency, right? It's hard to ask some of those hard questions to someone you see as an adult or someone that you see as an authoritative figure, but asking a peer you can, you can start to build that agency and, and start advocating for yourself 
in your collections. And we see that in the priority flags that come up in Mentor Collective, right? And the conversations, the vast majority of the conversations are about um, getting to know each other, about program, about classes. But the majority, and this the absolute majority of the priority flags, the things that students are struggling with, are around financing and financial aid and learning how to pay and have the conversations with their parents about paying for college. And so it's a more comfortable conversation with another student. Um, and I think that's a really important key, uh, key factor to what we're seeing. One phrase I like to share often is, is that the messenger matters. It's, it's not that you know, admissions officers aren't sharing the different resources available to students as they matriculate, as they go through the application process. But when you hear it from somebody who makes that more immediate connection because they have you know, the relevancy of being a peer, uh, the same message amplified by the peer can be quite impactful. Um, and, and just sort of zooming out a little bit, one of the reasons we came to peer mentorship as sort of the intervention we wanted to build our organization around um, is not that mentoring doesn't exist in higher education. In fact, it's existed, and I would argue that it is core to the higher education experience um, for years and years, for decades. Um, and pretty much every institution in our country has some form of mentoring incorporated into the curriculum or into different departments. Um, you know, summer bridge programs, trio programs, these are tested high impact interventions that move the needle on you know, persistence and graduation. Um, where we saw the opportunity was to bring those programs to scale. Um, you know, we've worked with a number of large public state institutions that might have 15 or 20 pockets of mentoring across campus. But when you really look at who, when they graduate, felt they had a mentor in the college journey, that number is dramatically lower than where a lot of provosts and deans were hoping it might fall. And so I think the real promise of the work that we do is taking that high impact experience and bringing it to scale and in particular reaching the students who uh, might be more vulnerable or could benefit more from you know, that high touch human support. Jackson, thank you for bringing that context because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are thinking, yeah, we've got mentorship programs um, that we're aware of or we're utilizing our student ambassadors in the admissions office and we've got our academic advisors and faculty and isn't that well enough. Um, so talking about peer mentorship to scale, Steve, I don't know how comfortable you feel in, in sharing um, more about the Malloy program. How many students are you hoping to, to impact? So, um, you know, again, we started late, so we got we got involved, but we we accept that, you know, 4,000, 5,000 students a year. And so we want all of them to be mentored. <laughs> we want all of them to be paired. And we know not everyone is going to choose to do that, but this ones that do, we're hoping that they're going to have um, a, a better experience post-acceptance, right? We send emails, we send text messages, we set up meetings, we have accepted students days, we do all those things that we're supposed to do as admissions officers. And adding this element in allows for those quiet times between communications, between events to not be quiet, right? To allow the students to ask their questions and get connected and have, and have, have those conversations, whether it's by text message or email or meeting in person, showing up on campus, however the students wanna do it. 
we're we're encouraging it, and I, we think it's going to build a stronger affinity for the institution, and will help us yield more students. Yeah, I think a lot of deans of admissions, especially with similar size institutions, can appreciate that you chose um, this method or this approach. Um, while it's still early on, have you seen, you know, based on what you used to, um, have you seen any advantages or benefits um, in partnering with Mentor Collective? Uh, one thing you mentioned earlier was some of the priority flags that, um, can you tell us a little bit more about how it's been able to streamline your system or uh, enabled you to serve more students? Well, I was going to say data. Yeah. Data, data is the difference, right? You know, we, there's a number of mentor programs that exist across campus, but this is the one that has the dashboard, right? This is the one where we get in, we know who's, who is matched with whom, we know uh, what they're talking about, and we don't know what the conversation is. We don't have that insight, but when they log what they've talked about, when they log the priority flags, we know the number of touch points. Like, we just have really amazing information that I have just worked with Mentor Collective to tie into my to my CRM, right? And so my counselors can see this information at, the, at their fingertips whenever they're talking with a with a very specific student, and they know who to contact as a mentor, and they know they know what the flags are and all those pieces. And so the data, I think, is really important. I think it's really key because it really does differentiate itself um, in that way. One thing I can add from some of our other partners who are. Um, have had the chance to look back at a full enrollment cycle um, and analyze the impact of a mentoring program. Um, and, you know, while I'm, I'm proud of these impacts at Mentor Collective, I would expand the impact to mentorship broadly works um, for all those metrics we measure across the journey from you know, yield rates to reducing summer melt to impacting first year retention. Um, and so we, we've had partners see a pretty significant impact to increasing yield um, from a summer melt perspective, partners might see up to 30% decrease year over year in um, sort of attrition from that deposit point to census date. Um, from a, a yield perspective more broadly, um, we find that students who engage with a mentor are about 25% more likely to deposit um, when it comes time to gather deposits. And then so the bread and butter of Mentor Collective over the years has also been first year retention. And so we have seen uh, about a five to 6% increase in first year retention rates uh, for students who are mentored as well. So, you know, results may vary. Every campus is unique. Um, but what we do see is that the power of that human authentic support does drive towards those really critical institutional outcomes. Even beyond that, to take it one step further, the friendships that are being created matter. <laughs> Uh, you know, and we just we just had we are, we're in orientation this week, right? We have orientation right now, and I multiple students and multiple parents have talked to me about about already making friends prior to the event through their mentors. The, the metrics are great, but so is the relationship. In fact, I was going to ask you, Steve. You know, why would you recommend other colleges, universities consider partnering with Mentor Collective? Well, first, the the, the again data. <laughs> Right, I'll go back to that. Uh, it's you know when someone asks me for information on how it's working, I can pull that data. I can compare it to application rates. I can do all those things that if I would have tried to grow it myself, I wouldn't have been able to do. Um, or I, it may have been a lot harder to get it done than just in a couple months. Right, so that's number one. Uh, but truthfully, I I think the the benefits outweigh everything else. Uh, the relationships that the students make. 
the experiences that they have, the conversations that they can have, the answers to their questions, the speed in which us as an office, we as an office, not us as an office, but we as an office can respond to a student because of those priority flags is incredible, especially since we probably wouldn't have known it was an issue prior to that flag. That student may never have reached out to us, but they talked to their mentor. Uh, and I think that's a really important um, a really important thing to key in on is sometimes students aren't going to talk to anybody on campus, but we gave them an avenue too. Um, so I, I, it, I think I just, I really believe that that's crucial. And then for the mentors themselves, you know, some students are so focused on being in school that they don't have a ton for their resume by the time they leave and they're looking for that first job. But being part of a mentor program, that is, that is something that's important in all industries. Uh, being and especially if they're going to get into a job where they're doing training or they're they're working with a team, I think it's really important there too. Steve, you know, you you touched on something um, really well. Several items that are important: data, speed, you know, sense of urgency to be able to connect um, resources to that student or address their needs. But the friendships, the relationships, and it makes me think about you know, where we're at currently in the global pandemic. Some folks say we're we might be out of it. Other folks say you know it's not yet, slow down, caution. But I'm just curious, um, Steve Jackson, you know, how have you seen or heard, um, you know, having these peer relationships support students in this unknown, uncertain time? You know, we're, we're really new with this, so it, it's brand new. But in my, in my mind, I, you know, when I think back to my, to going to school myself many, many years ago, it was the GEX. Right. You know, you walk into you walk into the university center and you say, did you eat yet? And then you go sit down with someone you didn't know and you go eat. Right. And that's how you meet. This kind of allows that in a larger way and says, did you eat yet? Here, come meet my friends. We're already connected. So let's go meet my friends. Let's get you a new group of people. Let's let's connect in a way that's that's just very different than when when I went to school. Um, and I, I always love that yet piece. Right. You know, did you eat yet? <laughs> but. <laughs> It was it was an important way for us to meet people because there was no way to connect prior to showing up on campus. This allows that to happen. Facebook did too, but we know that's somewhat superficial, right? It's and not everybody's using it, and you know, so so yeah, I, I actually I really do love the way the students can connect uh, much quicker and and on their own terms in their own way. So. I imagine, Steve, you appreciate this more than anyone as a commuter campus. You know, when when you can't be there physically in or outside of a pandemic, having the social connection is so critical. Uh, when the pandemic happened, every single headline was about social distancing. And what we thought at Mentor Collective is that social distancing shouldn't have to happen. Physical distancing should happen. We should be safe. We should follow medical professionals. But is there a way to connect the communities of higher education together in this time of physical distancing? And so uh, when I zoom back and think about, you know, a student who's just been accepted to campus and they're deciding where to attend, you know, that institution probably has three to five people in the community who represent exactly the role model that person needs at that time, but they're not physically on campus. They might not even have the chance to visit campus. So how can we build this network of diverse mentors who are trained to support that student in that moment of question? 
and bring them proactively to the student as opposed to waiting for them to network their way through Facebook groups or what have you to that connection. So to me, it's, it's a more proactive way to bring that social capital embedded in the college network to the student at, at a time of need. Absolutely. And, you know, who knows what this fall or winter may bring, but the great thing is that students at Malloy have a friend, have a partner um, that they're able, they're connecting with virtually or connecting actually in person today on campus at New Student Orientation. And even if we have to hopefully not shut down again, but if we do, they have that social connection. You know, my big question, I know we're, we're running out of time, but my big question is, Jackson, what is the future vision for Mentor Collective? I feel like we're just getting started, Stephanie. Uh, this is a hard challenge to undertake. You know, our our mission as an organization is about social mobility, and I'm sure you both are familiar with the statistics. Um, there's a large number of college-going students who never graduate, or a large number of folks who don't even have access to higher education in the first place. Yet, higher education is one of the greatest gateways to opportunity. You'll earn about a million dollars more in lifetime income if you get your bachelor's degree. And that number goes up if you get a master's degree and of course a terminal degree. And so uh, I feel like we're just getting started in solving that problem through the impact of mentorship. Um, I mentioned today we work with about 180 partners, uh, but there are so many more we could serve and there's so many more students than the hundreds of thousands we work with today. You know, our, our aspiration is to serve millions and move the needle on social mobility for generations to come and so I'm, I'm really proud of the work we do with community colleges, with minority serving institutions, with commuter campuses, you know, up and down the spectrum of higher education. And it's, it's doing more of the same, doing it better, of course. Um, this is sort of a lifelong pursuit at Mentor Collective of, of researching the effective practices and bringing them to scale through technology. And it's only through partners like Steve and, and yourself, Stephanie, that we, we get the feedback and can improve every day. Thank you, Jackson. Steve, any parting words of wisdom to other fellow deans and directors, admissions officers right now that are in the thick of it, waiting for their students to arrive on campus this fall? Uh, you know, uh, keep reaching out, right? Students, the, it's, it's about connecting with the students. And if you don't have a mentorship program, find a way to use your office and your teams to do it. Um, Phone calls still work. I know we think that students don't pick up the phone, but they read their visual voicemail. So do it. Um, and I will say that I'm very much looking forward to our first full year uh, with, with Mentor Collective. You know, we got a little taste uh, right before uh, May 1st. And so um, we're hoping with a full year, we're going to see our, our yield rates continue to climb. So thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Jackson. That concludes our conversation for today. 